Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. All right, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance cards. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. Here for a couple of hours with you today till 4 p.m. Eastern. No Adam Ronas. Who knows what he's doing, Avisa? It can't be good. No one wrote us, it can't be good. But I hope he's having a good time. But we're going to have a good time over the next couple hours. Talk a little fantasy baseball, a little fantasy football, throw in a little fantasy basketball or just regular NBA basketball. And uh, we'll do our thing. That's what we do here. We've got a couple of good guests today. Steve Gardner, a man from USA Today, the commissioner of the Labor Mixed League, will be coming on with me at uh, 220. So keep it here, because uh, if anybody knows anything about fantasy baseball, it'll be Steve. And at 320, got my friend Pete Davidson from rotobond.com. Also a diehard Jet fan. Talk about, uh, I'm sure we'll talk about Todd Gurley with Pete and Tyreek Hill. Maybe the state of the Jets. Things like that. But uh, little NBA news. I find, I, I find I'm very addicted to the NBA this time of year. I really am. The Knicks have already rejected the Hawks' offer. The Hawks are ready to offer the 8th and 10th pick for the number 3 overall pick. The Knicks said no. Um, maybe they're holding out for more. I'd hold out for the 8, 10, and 17. But if you've seen your roster of the New York Knicks, you stink. Three first-round picks would be, would be pretty good. Let me tell you something about R.J. Barrett. He can't shoot a lick. Maybe I'm wrong in saying this. I think you're either a shooter or you're not a shooter. Seldomly, like Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, you can become a great shooter. But those are like two examples that I could probably name you out of two million. Think you either know how to shoot a basketball or you don't. But uh, I find like I'm just I, I find the Knicks to be like a train wreck, and I just can't take my eyes off it. Like how bad is it going to get? How pathetic can it be? We'll have to find out. But uh, here's a nugget for you. And for all you fantasy baseball guys, here's a nugget. And when I tell you about this nugget, hopefully we can relate it to some t- something in fantasy baseball together, you and I. Brett Lowry has been released by the Brewers. He's 29 years old, and he was finally released. Do you remember Brett Lowry years ago? Does anybody remember him? At one point, Brett Laurie was highly regarded, highly regarded. Was it like 2011 or 2012? He was going like third round, maybe even 2013. It, it, it was either 2012 or 2013. He was going in the third round of drafts. I, I remember this to this day. I think he was, I was in a Sirius XM host league, and he went somewhere around 10, 11, or 12 in round three. That's how early he went. We all loved him. 
2020 potential. Never hit 20 home runs in his career. Never stole 20 bases. There are a lot of Brett Lowry's out there. And I think that it's our job as fantasy experts and analysts to help our our people out there, the people who listen and follow us and care about what we say and do, our listeners, to, to make sure that we don't have the same mistakes. We don't draft the Brett Lowry's again of the world. Because it's one thing to like Brett Lowry, but it's another thing to take him in round three. I, I remember at the time going, what? That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. Because Brett Lowry was not a third round pick. You could like a guy, but that doesn't mean you pay full value for him. You take Brett Lowry with the 10th pick or 11th pick of the third round, you better get a guy who's having an all-star year. 11 home runs and 46 RBIs and nine, nine stolen bases. That, that, that's, a, that's a replacement player. Seriously. So the, the greater point I'm trying to make is you can have your guys in a draft. Okay, I'm all about having the visionary plays, but I never take a visionary play five rounds too soon. That's just crazy. You know, you, you have the Brett Lowry's of the world. You have the uh, Mecole Hardman's of the world. I'm not taking Mecole Hardman in round five, even if I love him, even if I think he's the greatest player that the Chiefs are going to bring in. I'm still not taking him then. Let's say. I like, let's say this guy is a round 12 pick. Let's just argue for, for instance that it's round 12. I'm going to take him around 10, but I'm not taking him around 6. That's crazy talk. Do you know what I'm saying? So you can like a player, but be careful to fall in love with a player. Now, I think that there is a greater conversation where, hey, Dr. Roto, I have the 11th pick of the draft. If I don't take Brett Lowry in round three or four, I'm not going to get him. I can get behind that argument, but I'm still not taking him six rounds early. I don't draft based on potential alone. That's a, that's a piece of it. That's only a small piece of it. A player's potential is a piece of the puzzle. A lot of peas in that player's potential piece of puzzle, right? It's part of this whole, but who am I giving up? What's the opportunity cost? Which player did I not take in the third round? So I could have taken Brett Lowry. Could I have taken Lowry in round five or six? Oh, but somebody else could have taken him. That's the Dave Gettleman argument about Daniel Jones. Somebody else wanted him. Do you really know that for sure? It's called posturing, another P word. People always posture. Yeah, I'm, I liked him. I, I, we were, we, Jones is on our board. Was he really? Was anybody else going to take Daniel Jones before the Giants picked again? I have amazing doubts about that. I think, I think people would have, 17, he's there. And if he's not, then so be it. You lose him. You don't think I could get over losing Brett Lauer in the third round, even if I thought he was going to be great, which a lot of experts did? Right? Same thing with play with, with, with football, too. Now, the next part of this discussion is an even greater co conversation. 
the guy who took Brett Lowry in round three, how come nobody ever called him out? How come nobody ever said, dude, you're a moron? Right? right. It's like we always forget what this guy did. Oh, hey, I don't even know who he, I never took that guy. Not me. Not me. I didn't do it. Don't we have to like hold people accountable too? Or can we just say anything at any time? Can I just spew out stuff and then I'll deny it all? I wasn't me. Definitely wrong. If I said it and it was right, it was me. If it was, if I, if it was wrong, it was Ronus. Well, where's the accountability in this industry? You take a dumb pick, you should get crap for it. Now, I'm not saying that crap is eternal, but I'm saying you better validate why you did it, and then you better have a reason why you did it, and it better make some sense to me. Otherwise, I think you're, you're an idiot. Just keeping it real. Seriously, I'm just keeping it real. You can make a bad pick. I'm, all, I, I'm fine with a bad pick, but what was your reasoning? Oh, I thought Lowry was going to be sensational. Oh, well, you know, was he ever going to be a superstar? Think about what your guy, if you're going to take McCall Hardman and you're going to take him before round nine or ten, what do you think his upside is? Well, Tyreek Hill's not here. They're not going to play for a few games. Yes, yeah, so what? The guy's coming out of Georgia. He, he's been playing the position for a short amount of time. You think all of a sudden he goes to Kansas City and becomes like the, the, the lights-out wide receiver? Seriously? He's got to learn how to play in the NFL. So what's the upside there? Maybe in a best ball league, is if he's my fifth guy, I can get behind that. In, in, a, in a seasonal league, I'm not sniffing this dude. I want no part of it. Do you see what I'm saying? Why are we always jumping on these players before they're good? It's, it's important to jump on them before they're good. I take that back. It's important to get on the bandwagon, but let's not go crazy. Let's take a guy around or too early, not five. I've seen that happen way too often. People want to get their guy. I'm all about getting my guy, but not five rounds before I should take him. Oh, but I don't want to not get him. So what? Here's what I want to do in a league that I play with you. I want to do one, one thing, and it's got three letters. And the first letter begins with a W. And the next letter begins with an I. And it's not a wig. I want to win. So I don't care what round I, I, I take whatever as long as I win. Do I worry? Oh, I really want this guy on my team. I don't really think about that. Maybe I do, honestly. Maybe I do in a league where there's no money. There's no money, and I'll take a guy because I like a guy. Like the, and this, in the draft we did, the, the recent draft, the two-quarterback draft with fantasy football champs, I took Baker Mayfield. I like Baker Mayfield. I want Baker Mayfield. There's no money on the line. I want Baker Mayfield. Maybe he's good. Maybe he's bad. I don't know. I'm watching Baker Mayfield. I have Baker Mayfield. But trust me, if there was $1,700 on the line, I may not be taking Baker Mayfield there. Let's say the guy's going to win me money. Won't win. win. So when I take a Brett Lowry, when I, when I go early on guys like that, you better be right. Because if you're wrong, you're really wrong. And another thing with guys like that, dumping, especially in fantasy baseball. When you dump, there are certain guys who are worth dumping five guys for. You want to trade five guys for your Don Alvarez, you have my blessing. 
That guy's real good. You want to do it for Clint Frazier? I don't know about that. That's a bad life decision. We hype up these guys. They're good, but how good really are they? How good are they? You're going to give up five players? You're going to skew the whole league because you want to chase after a a mid-range prospect? If you're going to do that, go get Jordan Alvarez. I'm okay with that. Go get a go get a star. Don't do it for Kevin Cron. Alvarez, sure. Cron, no thanks. Not that I don't like Cron, but I'm not going to give you four players for Cron. For crying out loud. I just had to. Sorry, I had to. Right? So think about these young guys. Put them in perspective. Can you use them in that year? How good are they going to be the following year? What's the potential? What's the upside? What are they worth? Brett Lowry is a prime example of what went wrong. What can go wrong in fantasy baseball when you misjudge a talent? And for how many years were people taking Brett Lowry? Round five, round six. Oh, he'll get it together. He never did. He never did. Okay, without cheating, I want to know how many RBIs was Brett Lowry's highest in his career. Did you guess 60? Do you know what was the next highest after 60? He never broke 48. How many years did Brett Lowry have more than 10 stolen bases? One. How many years did he hit 20 home runs? Never. How many years did he hit 300? Zero. What a good player he turned out to be, right? Come on. We misjudged that guy. And then, not only did we draft him too soon, and we traded for him, and we kept on going back to the well over and over and over again. Shame on us for the 58th time. It's like a girl, that, like your ex-girlfriend that you just can't get rid of. Dude, do us all a favor. Dump her already. Oh, but I really love her. You just want to get laid. Seriously, move on. We're all done with her. Bye. Get her out of your life. You'll be a lot better off. Trust me. Start new. Meet a new girl. No, but I really like this one. It's not easy she to do. She was the one. There, Doc. It's not easy. I know it's not easy <laughs> to do, but you keep on going back to the well for the wrong reasons. Don't you ever think like, like, like why am I with her? Did you ever say that you're like, why am I with her? I've been in relationships like that before, yeah. My buddies are like, what are you doing? You know, get rid of her. But, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. I know, because you know what? Can I tell you why I don't want to get rid of her? You know why the answer that is? Why? Why is that? You don't want to be alone. That's true, yes. So you better better be with somebody who's annoying than be with by yourself. But when you're by yourself, at least you have a better chance to meet somebody new. But you got to quit the habit. You got to quit the Brett Lowry habit. You got to quit these guys. And you got to know when to quit on them because they're just not good for us. They're just not good for us. Right? They're bad for our fantasy teams. They hurt us. I get why we like them. We're entranced by them. There's something really that draws us to them. So just be careful. Who's this year's Brett Lowry? Who's that guy that we're overvaluing right now? 
Think about that. Who's the guy? Maybe he's not as good as you think he is. Maybe we don't want to make trades for him because he's never going to be as good as we think he's going to be. Maybe that's Brendan Rodgers. Maybe that's somebody on the Rockies like that. Maybe it's David Dahl. I don't know. Not sure yet. But I want you guys to think about that. Who's that guy that you chase after who really isn't that good? Maybe that guy is ruining your fantasy season because you're going after him hard and you don't want, you shouldn't be having any part of him. You get what I'm saying? We can learn a lot from Brett Lowry. We can. He's done. He's gone. Let us learn from our mistakes from him. Don't draft him early. Don't trade for him. Don't resurrect him on your squad 10 years later. Let it go. Move on. I'm moving on. You know what I'm doing? I'm going to take a break. And when I come back, I'm coming back with my man Steve Gardner from USA Today. If there's anybody who knows something about fantasy baseball, it's Steve. I'm going to break it down. By the way, his Nationals didn't play yesterday. It cost me a ton of money. I really needed that game to play. We'll talk to Steve when we return right after this. And the flames went higher. And it burns, burns, burns. Made Sailors is the leading cleaning service in New York City and Boston. We service homes, offices, corporate apartments, and Airbnb turnarounds. Give us a call or a text at 212-299-5170 to book now. That's 212-299-5170. Use the promo code FNTSY for 15% off your first cleaning. For more information, go to MadeSailors.com. That's MadeSailors.com. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 Network today. We'll get them off your back. 800-961-3631 Let DailyRoto.com guide you to victory as you swing for the defenses playing Daily Fantasy Baseball. Become the 8th Daily Roto lineup optimizer to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament or become part of the growing community who have won thousands of dollars. If you're playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount. The 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. All right, we're back. We're full-time fantasy. I'm Dr. Roto. Very excited for my next guest, good friend of mine from the USA Today. His name is Steve Gardner. What's up? How are you? Hey, Doc. How are you? Like I said, I'd be doing a lot better if your Nationals didn't postpone last night's game. It's a little rain. Get out there and play. 
Oh, man, it's uh, wacky weather here in the summer in D.C. So, uh, And the Nationals are notorious, to tell you the truth, for waiting and waiting and waiting and then making a decision on postponing it and, and waiting to announce it to people. So you, you kind of have to have that in the back of your mind if you're looking at that game for fantasy purposes. Now, what about today? Do you, it's a 51% chance of rain. Do you think that game plays tonight? I think so. Um, I mean, uh, just driving into where it's hot, it's muggy, and you could have a pop-up storm at any time. But uh, it looks like they're going to get the game in and then a doubleheader tomorrow if everything works out. Now, you're a baseball purist. Would you be cool if every baseball stadium was a retractable dome? Um, I don't know. I, I think some places it's it makes a lot of sense. And in other places... No, you don't need it. Um, I I like playing baseball in the daytime, in the open air, and I, I think for some places it, it, it's all a matter of cost, really, and, and whether you get the who pays for it. You know, if the owners are paying for it, fine. But if you put the, uh, you know, the taxpayer on the hook for, you know, this $200 million retractable dome, uh, no, I'm not in favor of that. Are you saying you don't want your tax dollars to go to a dome when it could go to education and things like that, Steve? Shocking, I know. <laughs> but uh, at this point, um, yeah, I think that's what I'm saying. Okay. Then I'm, I'm all right with that then. I can go with that. All right. So let's yeah. talk about this year in baseball. Pitching has just been a real disaster, and I think that's a running theme this year. A lot of the top pitchers just haven't worked out. If we're drafting again tomorrow – when are you taking your first pitcher? What round would you take your first pitcher in? Well, I don't know, Doc. I, I think when you've got guys that, that can give you those ace stats, they're becoming more and more valuable. Um, so the Justin Verlanders, um, the Max Scherzers, guys like that, I think you could arguably take them in the back of the first round or early second round just because – with the rest of the pitching, you know, your number two starters, your number three and on down, those guys being so unpredictable. Um, I think my first pitcher, if I have the opportunity to get one of the true aces, I think I'm going to take them fairly early. But uh, I think at this point, you look at the rest of those guys and you may wait to take your second pitcher until the fifth or sixth round. Or maybe if you miss out on the aces, you wait until the fourth or fifth to get your first one. Well, what about right now? You're playing the league now, and you're pitching suspect. Can we? Is it fixable? Is pitching fixable at this point, or would you have to trade half your team for Justin Verlander or Jared Cole or a guy like that? You have to think that with half of this, more than half of the season to go, you can find a way to fix it. And I know in, in one league, um, the uh, the FSTA league, I had our team had the worst ERA. Two months ago, or a month or so ago, month and a half, let's say, and thanks to you know guys like Hyunjin Ryu and Jake Odorizzi, you know there have been some guys that have done well despite the ball flying out in uh, you know ridiculous uh, numbers and home runs uh, piling up so easily. I mean, it, it can be done, and you know somebody else has their staff blow up. I mean, it can be fixed. Um, but it takes a lot more, I think, a lot more active working in terms of matchups and, you know, maybe throwing in some middle relievers in there when guys have, you know, starters have bad matchups. Um, it can be done, like I said, but it, it's, it's a lot more active. You have to be an active manager of those when in the past, a lot of times you could just set your guys and, and uh, forget about them. 
All right, let's talk a guy like Kettle Marte having a really outstanding year. Maybe much, much better. I mean, I liked him, but I didn't even expect this. Do you trade a guy like that at this point? Or do you hold on to him saying, wow, this guy could be special? I'll tell you what, it, it depends. Here's what I would do, and I have him in, in at least one league um, that I think I'm probably just going to hang on to him. But if you have needs, say pitching, for instance, and it, it makes sense to just see what the market will bear. And right about now, I mean, I think at the beginning of this month, as we get into the, you know, the middle third of the season, people are looking at their lineups and looking at their rosters and saying, okay, what do I need? What can I get? And I think it makes an awful lot of sense to have people who are you know, overachieving, perhaps, to put them on the trade block and just say, hey, here's who I have. Who would you like? What, uh, you know, can we talk? Is there something like that? You know, kind of a blanket. I'm willing to deal this guy, uh, especially if you have reserves who can step in and, and take over his starting spot. So I think uh, I certainly would feel what the, uh, what the market is, is feeling on, on Cattell Marte because he's been having a fantastic year. And, uh, you know, I saw him, I was at Nationals Park the other day, and uh, he had a couple of home runs, and it's just like, wow, <laughs> this, guy is, this guy is for real. And uh, so – yeah, I, I like what he's doing, and I think it can continue, but maybe you can leverage that for something else that you can use. By the way, I'm looking at your FSTA team. I really like it. Alonzo and Biggio and Vlad and Betts and uh, Hunter Renfro. That's a really good job right there. Well, you know, I think we went young, uh, which is, you know, something that I don't always advocate, but um with uh, with Vlad coming around and Biggio having a already off to a great start this week, yeah, I I like this team. It was it was down toward the bottom at one point, you know, like I said before the pitching started to come around, and now that it has, uh, I, I like it even better. All right, let's talk about Pete Alonso for a second. I I love this guy's power. When you look at Pete Alonso moving forward, do you treat him as like a top, you know second or third round draft pick? Or do you say, I need to see more in his game? I need more than just power. No, I think he's got, you know, he's still striking out a lot now, over a strikeout per game. So you've got that to worry about, which makes the batting average, you know, kind of uh, iffy. It, a lot of depends on, on what he does with the balls and on contact. And uh, I think so far this season, you know, he, he's been okay about what you would expect. I think 281 Babbitt. So that's that's about what you would expect from a guy that's that's pretty much a slugger, but um, I, I think with with the Mets, you know, any of the Mets, it seems like staying healthy is key. Um, I just I I think that what he gives you though is what you can get from a lot of places, and uh, I, I look him as maybe not certainly not a second round pick, um, but I think more of a a solid fourth or fifth round kind of guy. And um, at, at this point, he's playing every day. And, uh, you know, because there was some concern that he may not be an everyday regular in that Mets lineup at the beginning of the season. But he's certainly done that. And uh, he's, he's delivered, I think, as much as, uh, as any of us could have expected uh, this preseason. It's so funny you say that, that the Mets didn't see him as a, as a full-time player. It's such a joke. Uh, could you imagine yeah. if they didn't play this guy every day, where they'd be? Oh, I know. And, and, or if they'd held him down in the major, at least, you know, give the Mets credit for seeing what he was doing in spring training and realizing that he was one of their 25 best players from day one. I mean, they could have started him in the minor leagues like some other teams did with their top prospects, but they didn't. 
and I'm going to put him in the lineup uh, immediately. And I think, you know, it may not make a difference in where the Mets finish in the, uh, in the NL East this season, but teams can certainly cost themselves, you know, four or five wins by leaving guys that are that good down in the minors for whatever, you know, the first three weeks or whatever it takes to gain that extra service time. Um, kudos to the Mets, at least, for doing that. Yeah, I was at a spring training game at JetBlue, and he hit a home run off a lefty. That ball got out of the park faster than anything I'd ever seen. And I was like, My wow, goodness. this kid can hit. Yeah, so I'm, yeah, I, I, I'm we, glad we, you said that. We saw him in the, in the fall, or in the, yeah, the Arizona Fall League against Nate Pearson for the Blue Jays, a prospect who throws 104, and Alonzo turned that around in a game, and it flew out, out to, to right field, even opposite field. He, that was a really impressive uh, display of power. So, yeah, this, this guy's got it. And, uh, you know, he's, the other thing, too, Doc, he's 24. So it's not like you're going to get his peak years at the end of when he becomes eligible free agency, for free agency. He's going to be, you know, maybe one of those old veterans that, uh, that maybe doesn't get a contract the way things are uh, going these days. All right, don't knock old veterans. That's us, Steve. We're old veterans. No, no, certainly not. All right, so I'm talking <laughs> to Steve Gardner from USA Today. He's a senior fantasy editor there, one of the best baseball guys I know. Let's talk about Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola has probably killed more fantasy rosters than almost any player I can think of this year. How does he figure it out? Is he really this bad? Can he fix it? Yeah, uh, you know, uh, telling you about my uh, my FSTA team, he's been one of the guys that I was relying on, funny enough, um, this season as the number one pitcher on the team. And, you know, his ERA is like doubled from last year when he was so, so good. That's what I don't understand is, you know, he's a, a guy that had over 200 strikeouts last year, hardly walked anybody. And this year, you know, the strikeouts are still there, but he's just getting killed and – I don't know what the I don't know what it is, Doc. I mean, the, the the average on balls in play is considerably higher, so you think that's going to improve over the course of the season. But I, I, I honestly, I look at the numbers and I see a guy, and I don't understand why he's pitching so poorly. Um, the Phillies improve their defense over the course of the off season, so you would think that they could turn more of those batted balls into outs. That's not happening. I honestly, I have no clue what could be wrong. And I'd have to think that, you know, maybe it's a mechanical adjustment or something, but that has to be fixable to me. I mean, you've got a guy who should be in the peak of his career. We've seen what he can do last season, but yet he's just getting hit all over the yard. And uh, that, to me, is one of the big mysteries of this season. What I'll give you another mystery. What's going on with Patrick Corbin? This guy was lights out in the beginning part of the season, and now he can't get anybody out over the last couple of games. I mean, even in, t- in tonight's game, I was thinking it was stacking Phillies. I mean, what's going on with Corbin? You're closer to the situation. Well, I mean, he's had some really good starts, and I think the problem has been those blow-up starts where he you know, allows six runs in five innings, um, or, or last start, seven runs in five innings to the White Sox. Um, he pitches, it seems to pitch better at home um, in general, so I, I think that's a plus for him. But, again, it, it's one of those situations. That, the, the Nationals this year have been kind of like the opposite uh, of what, what the Phillies were trying to do in the offseason, improve that defense behind their starting pitching. The Nationals have gotten uh, appreciably worse defensively. They're making dumb mistakes, mental mistakes, throwing to the wrong bases, things like that. 
And that's costing a lot of these pitchers runs. It's cost Max Scherzer victories. And two, the bullpen has blown a number of victories, probably more wins than anybody else in all of baseball. So when your bullpen has been really bad, your defense has been really bad, even pitchers who are ace starters like Scherzer, like Strasburg, like Patrick Corbin, they can't overcome that all the time. And I think uh, he's been a victim of that. I think – at least at this point, I think Patrick Corbin has a better opportunity to bounce back than Aaron Nola does. But, um, but still, you have to worry about those situations where everything snowballs in the middle of summer and uh, things just fall apart for him. I think uh, that's where you, know, you see his numbers really getting blown up. All right. One of your league mates calls you up and says, hey, you have an interest in Clayton Kershaw in the second half. What's your answer to him and how much would you give up for Kershaw? Um, yeah, I would have interest because the, the Dodgers have managed his workload relatively well. The Dodgers have great offense behind him, solid defense. So, I mean, the only real concern that I have is, is that back injury going to act up at some point during the course of the season? I think that because we've seen the Dodgers be able to manage his workload, um, I'm interested. And you know he can certainly deliver those elite numbers. So, yeah, I'm thinking – I don't know, uh, maybe a, a top 100 hitter, I, I think, if you're looking for a pitcher for hitter swap, if, if you've got some extra power. Um, how about, you know, Pete Alonso? You know, we're talking about him. Pete Alonso for Clayton Kershaw? I think that's a perfectly fair offer. Yeah. Well, it's interesting how offers change throughout the season. What could be fair one time changes to another time. Let me give you a guy, Christian Yelich right now. Somebody who offers him in a trade is going to want the world. Do you offer back the world after what this guy's first half has been? Or do you say to yourself, look, there's no way he can replicate his, the second half of his first half. How do you approach a deal like that? <laughs> I'll tell you what, I, I, I kind of thought that after last season, that there's no way he can, he can do what he did last year, and yet he's on pace to obliterate everything. So I, I think the, you know, the sky's the limit for Christian Yelich at this point. You know, he's getting on base better. He's, he's slugging a lot better. You know, the slugging percentage, we thought last year slugging around 600 was ridiculous. He's slugging close to 750 this year. So I, I, I'll tell you what, the Brewers' lineup is great, the ballpark is great, and the big thing that I think that people worried about in terms of Yelich reproducing what he did last year was that he had a high ground ball rate. Well, he sort of uh, changed his swing a little bit, or at least the results, to where he's not hitting as many ground balls, and yet yeah, now the power is even greater. So I think right now there may not be a more valuable player in fantasy baseball, leaving you know Mike Trout included, Cody Bellinger included, because Christian Yelich has 16 stolen bases in addition to leading the majors in home runs, driving in all those runs and scoring all of them. I think right now that they're, yeah, I would, I would give up multiple pieces, you know, maybe a starting hitter and a pitcher for Christian Yelich if I needed that kind of a, of a turbo boost from a roster spot. Um, I think he's, he's the real deal for sure. If you were to draft over again and you had pick number one, would you take Yelich or Trout? I would take Christian Yelich. I really would. And that's, I think my thinking has changed 
over maybe the course of the last month just because of Trout's long history of doing it over and over and over again. And plus, I'll tell you another thing, too, talking about Trout, his numbers are going to get better in the second half now that Shohei Otani is there and Justin Upton came off the injured list and is playing. That Angels offense is going to be much better. Even that said, I still think everything that Christian Yelich gives you and the fact that he's running makes him the more valuable fantasy player uh, when you compare him to Mike Trout. All right, I've got about maybe about 45 seconds left. Is there a guy that you want no part of in the second half? Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Um, here's a guy that's on my FSTA team, uh, Joey Votto. I don't know what to do with him. And he's, he's one of those guys where you keep thinking that he's outsmarted father time. And I was all in on Joey Votto coming into this year, thinking that his down year last season was due to injury and getting hit with the pitch on his knee. I don't know that there's a way that he recovers. So at this point, I'm cutting bait on him, although I can't right now in the FSTA. I I need him because there's nobody else I can plug in. But right now, I'm not expecting much from Votto. I'm not really expecting much from Miguel Cabrera either, who I thought a lot of coming into this season. All right, Steve Gardner from USA Today, thank you so much for joining us, and hopefully uh, we'll talk again soon. Sounds good, Doc. Anytime you call me up, I'll be uh, willing to talk to you. I appreciate you always. Take care. You got it. All right, that's Steve Gardner, and he is uh, does an outstanding job for USA Today. And uh, you should follow him on Twitter. If you haven't, you need to, because he's really good at fantasy baseball. All right, breaking down DFS when we return right after this. If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners, everything is done to the highest standards possible. We understand what kind of investment owning a vehicle can be, So we do everything possible to help you protect it. We don't take shortcuts, and we never make concessions when it comes to quality. For everything from cargo liners to cleaning and detailing supplies to mud flaps and car covers, the one place you need to go is WeatherTech.com. So if you are familiar with our floor liners, just imagine how well the rest of our products will work for you. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call 1-800-CARMATS, WeatherTech.com. Proudly made in America. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Do you want two risk-free wagers up to $1,000? If so, go to PointsBet.com forward slash grid. Open yourself up a PointsBet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code grid and you'll get two risk-free bets of up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBets also offers its own betting concept where customers, they're rewarded by how much they win their bet. That's PointsBet.com forward slash grid. Enter the promo code grid and get your two risk-free Risk-free bets of up to $1,000 today. All 
right, we're back. Sean, we're literally back with Cindy Lauper. Seriously? That song? What's the other song that she has? Yes, What's yes. the other one? What? Time after I like Time After Time. Yeah, we don't That's have that. That's a great one. song. Oh, I love this. You don't? It's such a good You uh, like Girls Wanna Have Fun? Oh yeah, why not? Cindy Lauper, of course, yeah. I, no? I remember this song. Was it from the uh, from wrestling? Didn't she like they yes. played this in the eight? Captain yes, Lou Albano, right? Captain Lou. Captain Lou Albano. But time after time is actually a really good tune. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Do we have time after time? I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it here. But all right, take take a look in the uh, studios there. Get that card down and pay for it. Or something like that. <laughs> I will. I'll get on that. All right. So if you check out, I love social media. We are just brutal on social media. So I'm sitting here at Twitter during the break. And I see that Harrison Barnes, his name flashes, is, is, you know, is uh, going viral. So I click it. And then it, he declines his option with the Kings. So he's he declined his player option at $25 million. And people are just like hammering this guy. One guy here at Sports Pickle, Harrison Barnes' agent. What if, wait, now hear me out, you made significantly less money. Right? Everybody's on this guy because he's trying to get paid. And he's not going to get paid. Uh, Harrison Barnes has been making bad decisions ever since he had that trash logo designed even before he had a shoe deal. No way Harrison Barnes is only 27. I feel like he's been in the league for 15 years already. I mean, this is just great stuff. Who's advising Harrison Barnes and why do they hate him? <laughs> That's really great. No idea why Harrison Barnes would opt out of that deal. Can he make more than $25 million per year with any other team? You know, we just just pounce on the guy. Who knows his reasonings? Doesn't matter. Social media, we just kill him. Unreal. All right, let's take a look at tonight in DFS. All right, the Phillies against Washington take two. Jake Arrieta against Patrick Corbin. I decided to be in very heavily in this game last night, but of course it got rained out. It cost me a fortune. I had Otani. I had Trout. I had Biggio. And then, of course, I had like four guys in this game. So I am not your rich friend today. Even though at some point, if that game played, I thought I might have been your rich friend. But I'm not. So I'm going to go back to this game. Segura and Hoskins and Kingery and Rendon and Soto. I'm going to trade Turner. I'm going to be all in on this game. If it plays. If it plays. All right. The Yankees against Tampa. That was a low-scoring game last night. That one was... uh, Pretty pretty awful. I, I like the Yankees. But Yanni Chirios does not suck. He doesn't suck. You think he does, but he doesn't suck. He did a decent job. So let's see. Today is Ryan Yarborough going to be the primary guy against J.A. Happ. The Rays do not do well against lefties. Just throwing that out there for you. He's not great against, they're not great against lefties. That doesn't mean I like J.A. Happ. Still a nine and a half run total in that one. Detroit is playing Pittsburgh. Daniel Nars against Mitch Keller. Let me tell you something about Mitch Keller. I don't hate him. I know. You're shocked, right? Dr. Roto, you're out of your mind. Mitch Keller is not a bad pitcher. He's not. He had very good minor league numbers. And there's something about him I don't despise. So I'm trying to look on DraftKings. Mitch Keller is going to be 6,900. And on FanDuel, he's going to be practically free. Hold on, let me see. Mitch Keller. Oh, yeah, 5,500. I can get behind that. I can. Let me, let me, I'll have to show you one second. Mitch Keller. 
Please hold. Please continue to hold. All right, Mitch Keller, 2018, had 138 innings, about 120 hits, 120 strikeouts, 50 walks. Not bad. He's just been bad in the majors. This year in AAA, he had 58 innings, 74 strikeouts, 25 walks. It's not disgusting. He's just been disgusting in the majors. What if he figures it out? But of course, if I had wheels, I'd be a wagon. I don't know. But I think I like Mitch Keller a little bit as a, as a DK2 pitcher. All right, the Angels against the, the Blue Jays, Tyler Skaggs against Marcus Stroman. I think Steve Gardner is very right. Trout, Otani, Upton. This lineup changes drastically. Upton in that middle changes the lineup. So I like Marcus Stroman, not that much. But if this was another Edwin Jackson night, giddy up. All right, Houston against Cincinnati, Justin Verlander against Anthony DiScalfani. Now, I like Verlander. I mean, he's the most expensive pitcher on every site by a ton. But let me just say this. I don't like the park. And sometimes the Reds are really good. Sometimes, not often, sometimes, occasionally. I don't think I'm playing Verlander tonight. I'm not going to pay up for that. A little pricey. All right, the Mets are playing the Braves. Jacob deGrom against Julio Tehran. I, I mean, I don't like Julio Tehran as a rule. As a general rule, I don't like him. Just don't. Uh, DeGrom, eh, you want to pick on the Braves? I don't think I like that idea. I'm going to stay away from that one, I think. The over-under that is uh, nine. So Vegas is saying avoid, avoid. All right, the White Sox against the Cubs. This is an interesting one here. Ivan Nova, who stinks, against Cole Hamels. Vegas loves the Cubs. Cole Hamels pitched very well this year. I could be in on Cole Hamels. And the price is so right on FanDuel. Cole Ham- Verlander's 12000 Kershaw's ten seven, DeGrama's ten four, Corbin's 9400 That's crazy. Woodruff, 93 Price, 9000 Cole Hamels, 86 I'm saving four Gs on Cole Hamels? I might like that. I might like that a lot. On DraftKings, Cole Hamels is the third best pitcher. Verlander, Kershaw, Hamels. So on FanDuel, Cole Hamels my guy. I can't imagine not going with him. I like that start a lot. All right, Cleveland. Zach Plesak against Adrian Sampson and Delilah. I do like uh, Plesak. Let's see. Plesak, I can get for 7900 on DraftKings. Me like And I can get him for 7800 on FanDuel. I like that. I like Plesak. And I don't like Samson. So I think, I think we're going to get the win there. And remember, we always like the win if we can get it. All right, Boston against Minnesota. David Price against Michael Pineda. I hate Michael Pineda. I think the Red Sox are going to play well. But I don't like picking on the Twins. It's a good hitting team. When Mitch Garver bats leadoff, that guy could take David Price deep on the first pitch of the game. So I, I, I won't be on David Price tonight. Jordan Yamamoto against Jack Flaherty as Miami takes on St. Louis. Man, St. Louis is a huge favorite in this game. Huge. Let me see something here. I want to get to Jack Flaherty, who's had a very down year. 
he's just been so mediocre. I don't know. I well, like Yamamoto a little bit. I probably can get him for. Oh, he's he's more money. He's eighty eighty three hundred. I'm not paying that. And how much is he? He's seventy five hundred on Fanduel. That's a little better. I'm not paying up. That's a lot of money. All right, Colorado, Antonio Zanzatella against Merrill Kelly. Oy. I don't like either of these guys. I like stacking this game. I like stacking. Uh, I like stacking those Diamondback bats. Escobar, Peralta, Jones, Marte. Boom, 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 boom. I can get behind that. Zenzatella stinks. All right. Baltimore against Oakland. Gabriel Yanoa against Brett Anderson. I don't like Brett Anderson, but he sucks less than I think he does. I don't know if that's a compliment or not. He just sucks less than I think he does. So... And are you ever really stacking Orioles and feeling good about it? I've done that before. It's worked. But I don't know if Brett Anderson on the road is the right place for that. You know what? I mean, I could see Matt Olson having a night. I could see him. Good look there. All right. San Francisco against the Dodgers. Sean Anderson against Clayton Kershaw. And Kershaw is going to be worth a lot of money tonight. 11-2 on DraftKings and 10-7 on FanDuel. And let me see something about Kershaw here. Here's my problem with Kershaw. I'm just going to throw it out. But it's not a big problem. 7-6, seven, 7-6, six, seven, six, 6 and 2 thirds, 7, 6 and a third, 6, 7, 7, 6. That's what he does. It gets you 6, 7 innings. You're not getting nine, 9 innings anymore of him. But he's been pretty good. And here's the earned runs. 2-2, two, two, one, three, three, two, three, I mean, he's good. He's a great pitcher. If I can afford him, I'll do it. I don't know if I can, but, I mean, you know what you're getting with him. And, obviously, going up against the Giants at home with a Sean Anderson, not very good. So, I'm interested. All right, Milwaukee against San Diego. I don't know much about Logan Allen. All right. Allen will be called up to add some art and death and start Tuesday contest against Milwaukee. 22-year-old has a 5.15 ERA and 13 starts for the Chihuahuas. Where he gave up 12 runs in five innings. I have one word to say. Yeesh. Oh, so I might be stacking the brew crew tonight. In his last game against the mighty Omaha whatevers, he went five and a third, nine hits, five runs, five strikeouts. That's not very good. So I would... Tell you to stack the crap out of the Brewers. And I've got to think Lorenzo Cain, Ryan Braun, Grandal, Aguiar, Hernan Perez. You're going to want to stack the Brew Crew. That makes a whole lot of sense to me. And I might get the, it depends on how expensive the Brewers are. Brewers aren't usually that expensive outside of Yelich. I'll have to look into that more deeply. But I, I think if I can get some cheap brewers, I might be able to get Cole Hamels or Clayton Kershaw in there. Let me see. Please hold. So Lorenzo Cain is going to cost me 3900 I like that. That's a steal. Braun is going to cost me 4100 That's not bad. Hernan Perez is going to cost me 3400 Yeah, that's pretty cheap. I think I can make some work here. And let me see, uh, 
Aguiar 3300, that guy's a pig. I might have to stay away from Grandal at 47, right? But if I can go with like maybe, like I said, Kane, Braun, Aguiar, Perez, I might be able to get Kershaw or Hamels. Could you imagine if I could get Kershaw and Hamels? Oh, I'd like that. All right, and finally, Kansas City against Seattle, Homer Bailey against Kikuchi. Kikuchi's interesting to me. His last start against Minnesota, at Minnesota, was actually very good. Five innings, six hits, two walks, four strikeouts. Now, before you're like, Dr. Oda, that's not that good. Did you see his games before that? They were wretched. Maybe. I'm just throwing something out here. Maybe he's figured something out. Maybe he's figured something out. If he has, if he has, I think I can get him 5300 bucks on DK. Oh, Ooh, I love that. And what is he here on FanDuel? It's got to be low. What is the coach? 6000 I'm just throwing it out there, people. I like this guy coming over from Japan. And he's been atrocious this year. But what if he's figured it out? What if he, he figured it out slightly against the Twins? And the Royals are certainly no Twins. Maybe, just maybe, he might not suck tonight. Or what I might like about Kikuchi is I could use him as a second pitcher with Kershaw or Hamels. I could do that. I like Plesak. So let's go through it again. Um, Mitch Keller is on the maybe list. Could you imagine if I do a Kikuchi Keller? Oh, my God, that's crazy. Keller's on the maybe. Verlander's obviously in play because he's been outstanding. Hamels is in play. Plesak's in play. Jack Flaherty's in play. Kershaw's in play. Woodruff's in play because he's going to get the win. And Kikuchi's in play. Those are my guys in play tonight. The stacks I'm going to go with, um, I told you I like that Phillies-Nationals game. I like I like the Indians against Samson. I like the Cubbies against Ivan Nova, for sure. I like the Red Sox against Michael Pineda. I like that whole Colorado-Arizona game. That could be ugly. Uh, I like the A's to an extent. I like the Dodgers. I love me the Brewers. And there you have it. So you kind of get the running theme. Now remember, what do you do? You start to put the names out there. So I also do this. So for example, just going to walk you through this. The Padres are playing the Brewers, right? And Logan Allen is a lefty. So I will go to a certain site, which many of you know. It's called MLB.com, right? And I will look up regular season stats. And I will go in to the Brewers. And I'll type in the Brewers and I'll check and I'll look here versus left-handed batters. Who's hitting well against them? Who's not? Hernan Perez hitting 281 with three home runs. 
Jesus Aguiar, only 203. Lorenzo Cain, 247. Moustakas, 280 with seven home runs. So maybe I go into a Moose Perez. Braun's only hitting 187, but he's got four home runs. So I look at it and I say, that's how I figure out the guys I want to be in there. I didn't have Moose before, but now I may need Moose in there. Grandal's hitting 294 against lefties. So maybe a Moose Grandal, Perez, boom, boom, boom. Maybe Ben Gamble. Dude's hitting 321. No power. Or what about Manny Pena? Let's say Manny Pena starts tonight. All right? Most of us don't even know who Pena is. Let's say Grandal doesn't play tonight. But Manny Pena has had 15 at-bats against the lefties, and he's gone 8 for 15 with three home runs. Do you think you should play him against Logan Allen tonight? You better believe you do. That's why you check these stats out. Who's Manny Pena? A guy who's not very good, except against lefties on the road against crappy pitchers in San Diego. Boom. That's how you become my rich friend. You do a little research. Little elbow grease. Can we do that? I think we can. All right, you know what else we can do? We can take a little time out. And when we come back, we start talking fantasy football on hour number two. I got a lot to discuss. I got a great guest coming on. I'm going to do a little fantasy football, news notes, players you like, players you don't, players I like, players I don't. When we return right after this. 